Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Kelly Twigger, the principal of ESI Attorneys, a law firm focused on supporting e-discovery matters and the developer of eDiscovery Assistant, an online practice resource used by lawyers and legal professionals in law firms, corporate legal departments, and government agencies involved in eDiscovery. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Ari. Thanks so much for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's my privilege. I'm really excited about this conversation. Tell us about your background and the genesis of eDiscovery Assistant. I graduated from Marquette Law School in 1997. And when I graduated, I had had the excellent opportunity to have clerked for a magistrate judge, worked in an in-house legal department, had my own courtroom as a prosecutor um, at the Milwaukee County DA's office, and worked at a large law firm uh, in commercial litigation. And so leaving that, I had a great ability to choose and understand what it was that I wanted to do. And I went to Quarles and Brady in Milwaukee, eventually became a partner in the commercial litigation group, was there for 13 years. And while I was there, I started our e-discovery practice. So in 2004, when eDiscovery was really starting to heat up and we had the Zuba Lake decisions, I happened to participate in a conference that was the first ever ABA conference on eDiscovery in New York City and really realized that that was kind of the future of the practice I wanted to have. And so I came back to Quarles and built our practice there. And in 2009, I left and formed ESI Attorneys, which is our law firm and where we consult with clients and act as eDiscovery counsel. And then I get retained as an expert in matters on a regular basis. So that's really what the practice is at, at ESI Attorneys. And eDiscovery Assistant started out as a database that I needed for our practice because the case law was changing so rapidly in eDiscovery and rules were developing by different jurisdictions related to discovery. So when we would get a call from a client with a new case, we needed to know what was happening in those jurisdictions very quickly. So that was the genesis of eDiscovery Assistant. And what we've built is really an online practical resource. It's, it's what most people take advantage of is the curated database, which is, has a proprietary tagging structure. So we tag all of the case law. So if you want to search for proportionality cases in the Seventh Circuit, it's a couple of clicks instead of several hours that it might take you on another platform. So eDiscovery Assistant is really our tool that we use on a daily basis for our practice within the firm. And then, yeah, we have a, a lot of law firms, in-house counsel and government agencies that use it as well. How do you leverage eDiscovery Assistant for ESI attorneys? Primarily because most of the checklists and forms that are in there are the forms that we use every day. So we're constantly uh, jiggering those around, you know, as new developments happen. But primarily from a case law perspective, I'll give you a very recent example. A client called in a case that we work on and said, hey, we need to know, we need some case law on whether search terms is supposed to be an iterative process. And so search terms is an issue tag that we have in the database. So it was very easy to, to go in and pull up uh, cases that were about search terms, iterative as a filter, and put it in the, the jurisdiction that was appropriate and shoot out a site list for them to be able to review and get answers. So, you know, that was a 10-minute task that normally would take you several hours to do. So those are the kinds of ways that we do it. We do a lot of research in eDiscovery Assistant for our work with clients on the firm side. How has the platform evolved since you initially developed it? When we first developed it, 
We started building it back in 2012, and we originally built it as a native iPad application. And the, the database, which was much smaller back then, we started out with a couple hundred decisions a year back in the early 2000s. And now in 2021, I believe we had close to 2,800 decisions in e-discovery last year, and we'll be well over the 3,000 mark for 2020. Or 20, that was 2020. For 2021, we'll be well over the 3,000 mark. The iPad app never really took off because lawyers never really took iPads. But when we developed that, it was before there was Wi-Fi in courtrooms and before you even had the ability to take information with you into the courtroom. So that was why we built that. Then when that really didn't take off, we converted it to a SaaS-based application. So now it's completely online, subscription-based portal. And now we include the full text of the decisions and things like that. And, and we're looking at adding education as well into the platform for lawyers to be able to get to on demand. What aspects of e-discovery remain most challenging for legal professionals in 2022? For e-discovery professionals, the answer is different than it is for lawyers generally who are involved in litigation. For e-discovery professionals, I think that it's the constant development of new technologies and the need to be on top of how to use them efficiently and effectively, both from a cost perspective and a time perspective because we just keep developing new sources, still working out how to use, how to get data from teams effectively. And teams took off during COVID. And so that was a very big point for e-discovery and still is for clients. And now we have things like TikTok, we're dealing with WhatsApp. Now we're dealing with Signal, which is, a, which is what WhatsApp was before Facebook bought it. All these new technologies are a big, a big challenge for folks in the e-discovery space to constantly be up to speed on what they're doing, constantly learning how to leverage those new technologies to do what needs to be done. Broader than that is for litigators whose full-time job is litigate. And litigation itself is more than a full-time job. One of the big hits on litigation has always been how many hours it takes to manage a practice in litigation. And now we expect litigators to also be e-discovery attorneys and know what needs to be done from an e-discovery perspective at the outset of the case. And it's practically impossible to have them be required to do both jobs. Where are there opportunities to streamline this process? The biggest opportunity that I see is to involve someone with knowledge in e-discovery very early on in the case. Even when you're considering filing the complaint or you're responding to the complaint and you're at the initial stages of identifying counsel. The planning and the, the thought process that's required to do e-discovery effectively really needs to be thought about at that very early stage. And that's the place where you can streamline things most effectively. Thinking about third-party discovery, thinking about what you really need to use in terms of tools, what the budget is or what the costs are associated with the case versus the value of the case from a proportionality perspective. Those are all things that need to be thought about very early on. So your best opportunity to streamline, manage costs, and do things efficiently is to start early. How has the approach to e-discovery changed in this increasingly remote environment? You know, I am not sure that it has changed that much with the exception of there being a lot more remote review of documents that's happening as opposed to having a room full of reviewers. Because like you, I think you do everything remotely and have done for many years. We've done everything remotely at ESI attorneys for many years. 
And we partner with people all over the country with software and applications that allow us to do things remotely. So I would say that COVID has amped up people's development of remote solutions, or let's say a forensic image or other things, but we do almost everything remote and have done for a number of years, even pre-COVID. So I'd say it's advanced the, the ability or the need for remote opportunities to get data or to talk to witnesses type thing. But other than that, I don't see a lot of changes. Where do you see eDiscovery headed in 2022? eDiscovery did not slow down during COVID. Um, In fact, because discovery is done behind the scenes without the involvement of courts, it was something that lawyers could still continue to do, even when it was very difficult to get access to the courts because they were so backlogged. And in 2022, we're already seeing a lot more narrowing of the market in terms of service providers. I mean, the acquisitions in 2021 were exponential. And we're going to start to see a lot more streamlining of understanding the tools that are available to do processes. One of the conversations that I have with people regularly is whether a forensic image of a mobile device is often needed, which the user is typically very skeptical of, or whether you can do a much more targeted collection. And and we use tools to do things that are much more targeted to avoid those privacy concerns by individuals. So as technology continues to advance, we've got a number of startups in the legal technology space that are getting into e-discovery. We're starting to see an ability to manage processes much better in e-discovery than we have in the past. And so I think we're going to start to see more of that in 2022. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Kelly Twigger, the principal of ESI Attorneys, a law firm focused on supporting e-discovery matters and the developer of e-discovery assistant, an online practice resource used by lawyers and legal professionals in law firms, corporate legal departments, and government agencies involved in e-discovery. Kelly, thanks so much. Thanks, Ari. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.